Welcome to the Real Estate Secrets Podcast for healthcare professionals, hosted by Austin Hare and Nathan Palmer, who together have over two decades of real estate knowledge and investing. This show is about sharing lessons in commercial real estate that were learned from trial and error and working directly with CEOs of billion-dollar healthcare organizations. Our mission is to teach the insider strategies used by the big guys to everyday healthcare operators in order to get access to the best real estate at the best prices. All right, competition evaluation is the theme for this lesson today. And um, essentially, you know, evaluating who is your competition, you know, defining that and just picking um, the, mo- the best spot in regards to your competition. So, um, Nate, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so I, I think this is a, um, I, I hope this is something we get to talk about several times because, you know, this is a very, uh, vast category and, and thinking through the different components or elements as far as who who our competitors are to what degree people compete because I think it's I think it's often you know again kind of maybe not looked at in the light that it should because you know if if I'm a uh, a dentist you know maybe I I look at all dentists the same whereas really there's there's different specialties of dental. Um, there are people who operate in um, in different capacities, who take different types of insurance or patients, who um, are physically located in areas that are, are maybe more viable for certain types of businesses. So there's so many different characteristics around competition that I think um, I think this is a great topic to talk about. Yeah, so let's start with step one, just going in off, off the example of being a dentist. You know, how would you define, how would you break up the categories to have, to say this is your competition? Because, you know, some do pediatrics, right? Um, some people have different market strategies as well, income strategies. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the, how would you categorize those things that you'd look for? Yeah, well, I think I think you nailed it on the head. I think I think the 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 main initial step, um, especially in a field like that or primary care or or some of these where you do really service patients in the entire life spectrum, right? From kids who get their teeth cleaned to adults who are just starting to have complications uh, to older people who you're looking at crowns and, and more full mouth procedures. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's an interesting question because, um, you know, there are just so many facets to, um, why and who needs a dentist at what stage of life and and what they need. And and then, and then breaking through to, um, the different type of population groups, their insurance mixes, who's, who's more susceptible or available to come on a regular basis or who's gonna what are the patients who are really just going to come when they have a problem um so i think i think competition in in a field like this i think is very interesting you know when you look at national statistics you 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 know really kind of dentistry is relatively considered stable in an environment where there's one dentist for every couple thousand people but when you start to break out that a little further and you really start to evaluate the the specific dental groups that that you may or may not compete with, um, and look at that compared to kind of the target demographics and the availability of those people, and really start to look and say, okay, well, the the national ratio might be this, but in this specific area, 
based on who I serve and, and based on the competitors who are in that category, maybe the ratios are, are more or less favorable. Okay. Yeah. And so, and I think Daniel is a, a great example because, you know, you've gotten, you can break it down, especially by age, you know, there's, there's younger, uh, at what stage would you start to break it down to where there's an older, like, um, you know, pediatrics would be considered kids very, very young. Um, do you see that at a certain age bracket, you're only starting to see older patients, right? Like maybe it's 55 and, and up. Yeah. Well, so, so I, I think there's just different dental organizations and chains who, who target the different categories, right? And, you know, obviously, you know, later in life when people's teeth are falling out or bad habits over 10 or 15 years have now caused a, a major problem and, and people have to have major work done, you know, cer- certainly uh, as people get older, you know, the, the intensity of the dental work required, uh, I, I think, increases. And let's go, so then, um, what about some of the other in, other industries, right? Like, what about, how would you classify the the different competition within an urgent care industry? Yeah, great, great question. And, I mean, so uh, similar to dentistry, you have urgent cares who focus on different uh, population groups, insurance mixes. You know, w- one of the things that comes... Um, and, and it's relevant too with dentistry, but one of the things also that comes to mind is is really how competitors are positioned from kind of an operating, but also a physical standpoint. So, you know, from an operating standpoint, you know, when you when you have the kind of uh, the walk-in episodic type of medical care that urgent care would fall into, um, you know, there's a handful of things that we might look at to say, hey, you know, are these competitors really legitimate? Do they have extended uh, evening and weekend hours? Do they have x-ray available on site? Um, how's their staffing, right? Um, are they staffed with MDs or, or are they are primarily lower provider level staffed? Um, you know, how's their physical, you know, when you start to then look at, okay, in this five mile ring, I have five competitors or whatever the number might be. But then when you start to break it apart even a little more granular in the, in the physical aspects of the real estate, you know, really understanding, hey, of those five competitors, you know, these two or three maybe are located in the part of the area that, that is a different demographic base. Maybe they're in a part of an area that is kind of the older trade area, maybe uh, doesn't have kind of the, the traffic, the Chick-fil-A, the Coles, the kind of the 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 sex appeal of where a lot of those uh residents are are utilizing on a regular basis and and so really then trying to evaluate what your what your legitimate or your accurate or maybe relevant competition ratios are to you know just a a doc who's a dot on the map who in theory competes and certainly does at some level um you know the other thing that that's interesting about urgent care are all these little uh kind of minute clinics, right, through the pharmacy or, or in a grocery store because, you know, the level of acuity that they can service is, is much less. So uh, while they're not true urgent care, they wouldn't have the imaging component. They wouldn't have the higher level of provider there who could handle more cases. They wouldn't be set up for a number of things that a traditional urgent care might be. But certainly to some degree, they still 
compete because if you got cough, cold, sniffles, if the kid doesn't feel good, you know, the, the minute clinic is, is oftentimes just as, as good of an option as the full-fledged urgent care. So, so yeah, I think competition is a very uh, unique component and a really uh, critical part of the market strategy. Yeah, I think ultimately you could spend a lot of time talking about this, more time than we have today for this lesson. But the point is that, you know, it's a little bit hierarchical in how you go about deciding where you're going to put your location. Like step one, just looking at the demographics, making sure that it, it fits with you. Step two is um, getting a deeper dive after you find these areas, uh, deeper dive into the actual competition, because that's going to be completely unrelated to the demographics. And you're not going to know that until you've already decided your spot. But, you know, everybody has their own niches everybody has their own their own strengths and, and weaknesses and so once you have identified a, a target area um, well hopefully you actually have several target areas that you can go to but then step two is deciding who is my competition and are they really my competition because um, if there is a lot of overlap in what you're offering and what your core offer is you know you will have a serious problem but the, by the same token really the point that we're trying to make today is that just because you hold the same title of of whatever that is, you know, um, any 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 field, uh, chiropractor, urgent care, ophthalmology, uh, dermatology, whatever. If you are if you have largely different focuses within that field, you're still going to remain non-competitive to each other, and that's just something that you're not going to know until you really do a deep dive in your competition, what they're offering, you know, doing some research, uh, maybe making some phone calls, and uh, just reading, going online, reading their Google reviews. Um, seeing the services that they, they have to offer is going to start to give you insight. Uh, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, I think, you know, because there is, you know, whether people are excited about it or not, I mean, there is a new wave of how healthcare is being delivered. Um, it's more convenient. It's more accessible. It's much, much more customer service focused. And, um, you know, I think that that's going to alter what a lot of these practices look like, but, but the way it also impacts them is, you know, when you have operators who are growing in certain markets, you know, they maybe discount other competitors because they're just, they're just no longer relevant. You know, they're not, uh, you know, they're not just doing the things, they're not meeting the patients where they need to be in, in, you know, our current day and age. So, so, and I think too, the other interesting thing about competition is, you have different operators who, who want to um, focus on areas that are less competitive, um, and then you have some operators uh, who want to be in, in that competitive environment. And if the competitor's got a location across the street, they want to be right there. Um, and so, you know, I think I think it also varies too, depending on our client and, and what their desire is, because um, you know the lifetime value of a patient. And again, it ranges wildly by type of healthcare, but the lifetime value of a patient is significant in most healthcare verticals. So, and, and especially if, if it happens to be, you know, we do so much health system related work where it may look like an urgent care or primary care, but really that's just a feeder to, the, to an entire network of specialty physicians through a syndicated health network where, um, you know, they may look at an area that uh, feels competitive, but because five percent of the patients who come through they can convert to some type of continuity of care 
uh, patient and then and then they require specialists and others other traffic that you know that patient is much more valuable than just their one-time isolated visit yeah yeah exactly so um, contrary to what we were talking about earlier about identifying your competition and filling a need of where you're different you know there is also the strategy of evaluating your competition and where you might have the same or similar offers and you really will be um, more conflicting. So talk about that a little bit. What would be some of the benefits, you know, of going to your exact location and putting a location or your exact competition and putting a location directly across the street? Yeah, I mean, so uh, there's a handful of benefits, right? I mean, you know, we've had clients secret shop other locations. They find out they're they're doing gangbuster volumes and all of a sudden, hey, we can just go across the street, take 30, 40% of their business and that yields us a successful clinic. Um, so you have that component. And then again, when, when you talk about, um, when you talk about market share, especially in the health system world, um, you know, a lot of these small kind of ancillary clinics are a drop in the bucket to these larger health systems. Right. Yeah. Cause even if it's acting as a loss, um, in the urgent care, in this, in this example, the money is made from the surgeries on the back end. Um, you know, largely, the, which is largely driving all the decision-making process and all the revenue and all the, all the profit. Um, yeah, and so, you know, another, in, in talking about competition evaluation, how important do you think it is to look at those reviews and those Google reviews, uh, you know, in terms of deciding how much room there is for improvement or in terms of deciding, like, if it is a good decision to go by someone who is directly comp- competing, directly offering the services that you offer. Yeah, so I think uh, I, I think that's a, a really good idea. You know, I don't I don't know that it's something you do. You know, it'd be, it'd be really difficult if you're gonna open a site in Orlando, Florida, and say, "Hey, I'm gonna go look at the 500 dentists in town and all their Google reviews." Right? I think that'd be a little overwhelming. But I think once you've kind of dialed into the area, the area or two or three that you think you want to focus on and you're starting to look at specific trade areas and then really starting to evaluate inside of those trade areas and understanding your relevant competition, then going that next step further to say, okay, what what is the reputation of, of our competition? And, and because you can get a little kind of sneak peek at um, maybe the bedside manner for the doc, you know, how is their whole system run efficiently? I mean, you know, reviews are are very telling to that obviously it's you know it's difficult when a practice may see 40 to 50 patients a day 300 days out of the year and uh, they've got 20 reviews from mostly people who didn't have a great experience when they really saw 8,000 encounters last year you know, and they've only got 20 of them represented. So it's, so I think it is important. I think, I think the one thing it does, I think the one thing it does point out and and one of the things that many of our clients have focused on is, is really not being deterred or, or further interested based on average feedback. But, but when you have a location that's got exceptional feedback, um, you know, just kind of come to the realization that they do care about what what their patients think what their what their experience is and therefore you know they they kind of more legitimately compete with with a lot of the newer operators who are who are really 
kind of patient experience driven. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, if the if the reviews are subpar or even maybe bad, I think it would it's room for further research to see okay how much of an opportunity is there here. But if the reviews are because it, it may or may not mean that this is a, a good spot. But if the reviews are really good, they're off the charts. I mean, then it's an indicator like that might be an area you might want to stay away from. Hmm. So, all right, well, that wraps up uh, the segment of competition evaluation. And um, coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about different users, um, trade areas, psychographics, and things like that. If you need help finding the perfect location for your practice or you're ready to invest in commercial real estate, email us podcast at leadersre.com. That's podcast at leadersre, re as in realestate.com. Or go to www.leadersre.com and fill out our form. See you next time.